For those of you uh, that are fresh in today, having not been here last week, uh, let me bring you up to speed a little bit because we're doing a little series on communities and what it means for us to be together and how we're going to be together. Uh, and you can listen to last week's talk online. I encourage you to do that if you um, haven't, if you weren't here last week, because I'm going to go a little bit faster. I'm not going to do a repeat. Um, the thing is this, is that as we've wrestled with uh, the church vision that I introduced last year, this time last year, which is really very, very straightforward and simple, uh, it's to follow Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and to make disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. As we've unpacked that a little bit, uh, I've bumped into, with others, uh, this annoyance, which is this idea of the word services. And uh, actually, you know, the word services for, what, for how we meet on a Sunday is kind of not very helpful for all sorts of reasons. Um, and perhaps the word community or communities is a better one. And that as a community, as a wider community, we're a community of Christ. We're not, we're not just a random community. We are followers of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And um, if you were here last week, you remember this quote from William Booth, the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God and heaven without hell. And that sense that actually we are in a very different time frame than William Booth when he wrote that. And we are in a place where we're seeing Christianity without God and we're seeing uh, Christianity without Christ and we're seeing politics without God. And then I highlighted for you uh, the five communities at All Saints with this uh, hope that salt will grow. That's our afternoon service that meets uh, afternoon community. You see, I'm in trouble already. Uh, that meets once a month. The hope that that will grow and that that will become something regular. Because if it is going to grow, it's not going to grow by meeting once a month. Uh, so we hope that that will, that that will happen or something similar will happen. But they're all under one heading, which is all saints. One church family with one vision. In order for this to happen, let me give you a few practical things and then we're going to dive into this wonderful passage. The first is that in order for it to happen, in order for us to have five healthy communities at all saints and then hopefully some more, uh, actually we need to kind of have a, a bit of a team structure for each community. So the idea is that each community will have a kind of community leader or community pastor. There'll be their own person who is responsible for welcome, for home groups, for pastoral care, for all that stuff. And someone who at each service is kind of having a bit of a steer on worship. So Pippa Page has taken on worship for the sanctuary community for that that, that met first thing this morning. But also there's some structures that need to happen underneath because uh, there's a whole bunch of things that we don't want each community to have to reproduce because it makes more sense to do those things centrally. So all of the staffing stuff, all of the finance governance with PCC, uh, our community resources, those buildings that we have, the church center and the hub, setting those to work for the benefit of everyone and in pursuit of the vision. And of course, websites and all that kind of stuff. And there's a bunch of things that we do together uh, that kind of go across the board. One of which is access. Uh, there are leaflets about it on the, on the table at the back. 
That is starting again this Wednesday evening at 7.30. Access is our kind of uh, alpha on go slow in bite-sized chunks. All right? On repeat, uh, who is Jesus and why did he die? Until people have got it. Okay? And I've got a year's worth of material. So uh, if you want to kind of connect and find a way into All Saints, this is a great route in. Or if you want to grow in faith, this is a great route in. That starts again this Wednesday. Um, but of course, actually there are some other things that are uh, maybe slightly bigger and slightly scarier that are also shared with all of them. Uh, these are the big vision things. You know, we've set out in the church vision that we want to be a growing church. The culture at the moment, what's going on across the nation, is that the churches are not growing. There are some that are growing, and we are nailing our colors to the mast saying, come on. We think that God can do something by the power of his Holy Spirit in this generation, no matter what's going on in our culture. And we think that the tide can turn. So we want to be a growing church, and and I threw a, a number at it, just kind of to... Wake us up, really. You know, that maybe there could be a church of 750 here. And I hope that number scares you. I mean, that was not the biggest number we could have put on it, actually. Um, but the reason for the number is if we, we want it to upset us and go, do you know what? I, I can't do this by myself. And neither can you. We need some help with this. We need God's help. With this. And of course, there's some other projects that we're taking on. The, the regeneration, the renewing of these buildings with the rock project. And um, by the way, the planning permission has just gone in for that. And um, I would like to report to you uh, the, the comments so far. Okay? Uh, there have been 41 comments so far. Uh, three of those are just kind of vaguely neutral. Uh, eight are strongly opposed in the fiercest terms. Um, and uh, most of those seem to have come from the same fold. You can read them, uh, all, all of the comments online. When you write something, your name has to go against it. And then there are 30 comments in support of the project, and I recognize a lot of your names. Well done. Do you know what? It would be fantastic if before that process closed, rather than 50, uh, 30 comments of support, that there were 50 or 100. Wouldn't that be great? Well, well, then what you need to do is get online, go and make the comments. I think you've got until the 27th of September. Or if you're technophobe, that's okay. There's paper at the back. Write it on the paper. We'll get it to them for you. Okay? Uh, the other thing with the project is three million pounds. You know, that might feel a little bit scary. I don't know if, you know, if anyone's got a spare three million pounds. I mean, if you have, come and talk to me in all seriousness. Um, But do you know what? The great news about that number is we might find it a little bit scary. But do you know what? God's got all the money. He's just given it to people. And we've just got this slight challenge. We just need to help them to give it to the Rock Project to release it so we can turn these buildings around for the kingdom of God. Okay? You know, it's a really, really simple, straightforward thing to do. I hope that the number scares you. I mean, it scares me. But you know what? God is big and he's good. And we reckon that this is what he wants to do in this place, in this season. Um, If our dreams are too small that they don't scare us, maybe we need a bigger vision. Maybe we need a bigger dream. You know, if we can do it by ourselves, maybe it's our idea rather than God's.
So um, don't be worried if you're a little bit kind of like, oh, it's okay. All right? What we need to do is pray more and pursue God more. Um, let's, um, let's dive into this uh, story, this amazing passage. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, you might have heard me say that quite a lot. That's because I really like the Bible. Um, uh, this amazing passage of Peter and John on their way to go and do the ordinary thing that they were doing. They were going to pray at the temple. You know, we have a set of ordinary things that we're inviting you to do. A set of habits where we pray, where we read the Bible, where we commit to coming along to a community, to being part of a small group, to living a life of generosity. They are ordinary things. But you know, when we do the ordinary things... What we do is we make space for God to do extraordinary things along the way. And on the way they meet this man. He's been lame from birth. He's carried to the temple gate called Beautiful every single day to to beg to ask for his livelihood so that he can get through to the next day. We don't know what the backstory is in terms of, you know, maybe maybe like things work in, in our country. Maybe there's a bunch of people who are taking a cut of whatever he gets at the end of the day. I don't know. We don't know what the rest of the story is. But either way, he is dependent on the generosity uh, of others on the gate. And he's there every day. Little aside question. Why didn't Jesus heal him? You know, how many times has Jesus walked past this man who has been lame from birth? How many other people did Jesus heal? As I asked that question this morning, someone piped up and said, well, maybe it's maybe it's because he didn't ask. Well, the interesting thing in this passage is he doesn't ask. I think maybe, maybe it's because he wanted to leave some of the good stuff for us to do. Maybe it's because God wants to be in co-mission, in partnership with us doing the stuff. And so he saved a bit for us to do. A bit for us to join in with. And then the request comes and this man asks them for money. Uh, He he, he doesn't ask for anything else because he he doesn't know that anything else is possible. This is his life. He can't imagine something being different. And even if he does, that's not the thought that stays with him. His world is limited, closed in. He's got a limited view. And so the response comes from Peter. Peter and John look straight at him. I don't know whether you've played the game recently in the middle of town, uh, in the middle of, in the middle of Bath where you have to kind of, uh, dodge the people with the question boards. Uh, you know, and I'm always in two minds. Do I, do I like, uh, do I try and be polite to them and say, oh no, thank you not today. But you know, the moment that you say that, the moment you engage with them, they're like chasing, oh, it'll only take 30 seconds. You've had 30 seconds already. Go away. Um, is what I want to say, but I, of course I never say that because I live in Bath. And I'm very polite. Um, I nearly did say it to someone the other day, actually, because as, as I was passing, he was like, it's only going to take two seconds. I was like, you've had it already. Um, the other option, of course, is that you don't even engage at all. You just keep your eyes focused. 
I am going to go to Lush and get my Lush bath bomb or whatever it is that you're going to get. Or, you know, you're, you're, on, you're, you're on track. But we don't just do it with folks that want to ask us a question. We do it with the folks that are in doorways. That's their home. fixed on the path to go and buy our stuff. I'm not suggesting that you should hand out lots of cash on the street. There's all sorts of different arguments around that. I don't hand cash out on the streets. But what I do encourage you to do is to look, to see, to at least have an eyeball connection. This is what Peter and John do. The first thing is they look at the man. They look at him, but he's so stuck in this cycle that he's not even looking at them. He's just asking anyone who passes. He's not expecting anything to change. What's interesting about this passage is it's not the first miracle in Acts. It's the first recorded, expanded miracle. But if you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 43, it talks about signs and wonders already. There's already stuff going on. God is already moving by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is just the first recorded story. And I think it's important to recognize that because actually as extraordinary as this is, this is God's normal. People having their lives turned around. People getting healed. People having hope restored is God's normal. Don't you want to join in with what God is doing? They ask him to look at them. They look at him. But they also ask that he looks at them. There's a connection. And then they're really honest with him. Look, we we haven't got cash to give you. Do you know what, church? It is all right for us to say no. People have all sorts of requests, all sorts of expectations on what we can give, on how we should be. And we should not pander to those. It is okay to say no. What you want, I cannot give. That is all right. So they're honest with him. We, we, you know, we don't have cash for you. We can't take you to Costa and buy you some fancy sandwich. But what I do have, I give to you, says Peter. What I have, I give to you. Get up and walk. And then the response, they reach out, they help him up, and instantly he becomes strong and he goes with them leaping and jumping and praising God into the temple. This man who was outside before for every single reason is then included inside. 
Do you know, I, I love the stuff that Sarah Couchman does with the Life Project. And they've just been to Lords and they've just taken a whole crowd with, with them to Lords and they've, and they've had a wonderful time. Sarah gave us a, a little bit of feedback on it uh, at the nine o'clock community this morning. Um, but do you know what? Folks get excluded and get put out. And do you know what God says? He says, you're in. You're included. And the man goes leaping and jumping and dancing and praising God. Oh, another thing. When, when we had the, the Life Project service here uh, recently, do you know my favorite bit? My favorite bit was awesome God. It just melted my, da- oh, my days. Anyway, sorry. Just, it's not on the nose. It's just good. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, He goes in, leaping and jumping and praising God. He was outside, now he's inside. God includes people. He welcomes them in. And the people are filled with wonder and amazement at what God has done. Wonder and amazement. I wonder whether we are prepared to see. Prepared to see with the eyes of the kingdom of God. Not with our own view of things, but how God the Father sees things. I wonder if we are prepared to sometimes say an uncomfortable no. Do you know what? What you want of me, what you want of the church, we can't do that. Maybe it's helping to fix something. You know, that was one of the tough things I had to learn in in Torquay was, you know, Mark Searle is not going to fix every single homeless person's crisis in Torbay. And it took me quite a while to realize that I couldn't do that. And that it was okay to go, no. And I had to sleep well at night knowing that there were others still on the street. It's okay to say no. And it's okay to also say no sometimes in terms of theology, you know, You want something from me, but actually there's this bunch of stuff that that I can't change because I'm following Jesus. And that's okay as well. Engagement is everything. To look, to see, to connect. And to demand that in response. You know, if, if if you're absolutely intent on sharing the gospel with someone... And you're that, that full-on evangelist. And, I, and by the way, guys, if that's you, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I, I love you. But um, uh, if, if the people that you're trying to share the gospel with don't have eye contact with you, just stop. All right? And look for the ones that do. And spend the time with them. And buy them coffee. Or a lush bath bomb or whatever you need. Um, and maybe we need to... Be inviting people into community more. To have a bigger, more impossible dream. To hold on to that thing that actually the kingdom of God is still advancing. And we want to say yes to the kingdom of God advancing here, don't we? That demands a response. Yeah, good. We do. It's what we're here for. We're not here for an hour on a Sunday. We are here To follow the way of Jesus Christ. To seek first his kingdom with every age group, with people from every backgrounds. 
Here's the thing. I haven't read this book. I nabbed this quote from The Guardian. David Cameron's comment on a particular uh, set of instances, which you can go and read about in his book, which people are just trying to read through now, is that we live in this age of truth-twisting, this truth-twisting age of popularism. You know, all sorts of stuff around politics, but you know, I, I, I think he's—I think he's just about got this one right. This is the age that we live in, where truth is twisted, and 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 being popular is the most important thing. How, what, what do we do in response to that? You know, I, I think our response is this: is to have communities of faith. Communities of followers of Jesus Christ everywhere. All over Western, all over Bath. That this place would be full of them. That we can do those lightly. And that's what we're going to talk about over this uh, next two sessions. Talking about how we might do that. Communities of faith everywhere. Why communities of faith? Because do you know what? In this kind of culture, if we just shout out truth from the top of the tower, people will not hear us because they've got their own version of what the truth is. And as much as the truth is the truth, and I know it's true and I hope you do too, that the gospel is unchanging. If that is just what we hit people with, we will hit a brick wall. What we need is authentic communities of faith. Everywhere. More of them, not less of them. In your homes, in this church building, in schools, all sorts of places. So last thing as we come to land. What about you? What about your part in this? You know, I'm talking about kind of wider church stuff. What about your part in this? Maybe, maybe you've forgotten what it was like to first follow Jesus. Maybe you've become a bit kind of dried and stayed in it all. Maybe you need to go home, draw the curtains, put on some funky 70s tunes, or whatever generation it was that you came to faith, turn the volume up to 11 and dance and leap and give thanks to God that he has included you in his family and get thankful. Yeah? Or maybe you just need to, while the duvet is still pressing in, in the mornings before the day hits you, just acknowledge that he's king. And say that you are grateful that you are his child and that he's included in your family. If you've forgotten, then remember. If you've stopped seeing, then it's time to open your eyes and see again. If your dream has got too small, maybe ask him to give you a dream. He loves to do that. If you ask him to speak to you in literally in your dreams you'll start to get some crazy dreams and they'll be God dreams. Or maybe we've just kept him to ourselves. This amazing, 
wonderful Jesus. But you know, people don't want to bump into an idea. People don't need to hear a set of Christian values. What they need is you. You. Full of Jesus Christ. Full of His Holy Spirit. Going and doing the ordinary things. At the school gates. At the hospital. As you do the accountancy spreadsheet thing. You know that's one of my skills. Yeah. On the golf course. On the suit run. He needs you. I wonder whether you'd stand and you'd pray with me. I'm going to get a band back up. And um, just love us as we, as we did last, last Sunday. Just to respond where we are.